You are listening to Get Real Podcast. Glenn, the world is whack. It is. It's more whack than I would want to imagine right now. I mean, and I'm not just talking about COVID-19, but there's a lot going on that we're not hearing about. And you know what? Quite frankly, a lot of pastors are afraid to talk about. Yeah. So what I'd like to do today, and I know that we can do this very well, is we're going to venture into territory that most pastors would be afraid to talk about. I brought my tinfoil hat. Did you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, uh, obviously, COVID-19, the Wu flu, the China virus, that is dominating the headlines. But as Glenn said, there are tons of strange phenomenon. Let's take a look at the Middle East, East Africa, locust swarms. Here in the United States, we really don't understand the gravity of a locust swarm. They have been having the worst locust swarms in the past 70 years. Uh, You're looking at countries such as Uganda, Sudan, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Pakistan, and Indonesia. Listen to this, Dan. Locusts have threatened the food supply and livelihoods of people in these countries, putting at least 20 million people at risk. And this is just since March. When you talk about the size of a locust swarm, this is not just a bunch of sand gnats that we're used to here in in South Kakalaki. In Kenya, there was a swarm of locusts that took up 24,000 square kilometers. Now, in the United States, we haven't transferred over to the metric system yet, like they told us we were going to do in first grade. We're still using because of football, because of football. That is a total of nine thousand two hundred sixty six square miles of locusts. Okay, so cover that's like wall to wall locusts. Yes. Or nine thousand two hundred sixty six square miles. That is three times the size of New York City. A swarm of locusts usually contains. Boy, I'm just like Mr. Nature fun fact today, aren't I? usually contains four to eight billion locusts. They can consume what at least 3.5 billion people eat in one day. Locusts are a big deal. Whoa. Wait, read the part about how much they eat? Yes. They eat at least what 3.5 billion people can eat in one day. Yeah, man. I saw this. It's been in the news. Not like COVID's been in the news. Not like impeachment was in the news not too long ago while COVID was on the rise and we weren't talking about COVID yet. That's a whole nother story. But this is not getting the mainstream attention. Well, here in the United States, this is the way the media works out of sight, out of mind. You know, we're going to play the sleight of hand trick on you and just tell you what we want you to know. Yeah, it's horrible. It's our news. When we were growing up, you thought that, yeah, there may be a little bias here or there. Now they just outright lie. It's amazing. They do. So these locust swarms, I saw it on the I saw it on the internet. I researched it because of course, you know, you can't believe everything that you see on the internet. I'm not one of those guys. And this is really going on. It's the worst it's been 
in 70 years. So you think about this a little bit. COVID-19 is doing a train wreck on our economy right now. I mean, unemployment is skyrocketing. Wall Street is a mess. The bull market ain't the bull market. Or should I say the bail market? Yeah. Nice. (laughs) We'll talk about that at a later date. Uh, Golden calf. Um, Over in Uganda, Iran, and Pakistan, those countries, they do not have a Wall Street. They do not have the stock market. So when you look around the world, the economy of the world is being affected by either COVID or it's being affected by locusts, Mm. whatever is germane to that particular geographic location. Mm. So I've seen people, and I have to speak about this because this is not the end of the world. As soon as the locusts, there were swarms were coming. There were, I think it was the Los Angeles Times said a biblical plague, getting people all worked up. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a biblical plague. All right, COVID is a biblical plague. We're going to talk about that, but it's not ushering in the end of the world. I've been doing some research, diving into the scriptures on this, and I want all of our listeners to do this. There is something that's going to come out of this that is going to be miraculous. Second Chronicles chapter seven and verse 14 says this, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, there we have it. We have locusts and pestilence in the same verse. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Um, there's been a lot of bad exegesis with this going on, and I want to help people understand what this is talking about. This is not talking about the United States of America as a whole collective turning towards God. When we took prayer out of school, when people are yelling and screaming about taking in God we trust off the dollar bill, God is not really concerned about that. He's going to show up anyway. They were probably talking about Baphomet anyway. (laughs) (laughs) They probably were, okay? But his people... In the context of this, proper exegesis, like we talk about, talking about Israel. These are promises to Israel, but God works in certain ways, and that's why we have the Old Testament, so we can understand how God works, and that's the way God is working right now. The people of God that it's talking about in here is the church. If my church repents and turns from its wicked ways, this pestilence that we're dealing with in America right now is not the result of things that we would consider awry in America. It's the result of the church not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Mm. It's a wake up call. And I saw some people even quote on Facebook or say on Facebook, well, these are the locusts of the book of revelation. Well, yeah, The book of Revelation does talk about locusts, but not these locusts. Those locusts are different. I I really had to do some research on this because a lot of the stuff that I was taught and that I believed is bogus. 
all right yeah when it comes to the end times and i'm there eschatology yeah it really does get this dan and you have to know a lot about the old testament to properly break down the book of revelation you do big time you do just because something is going bad does not mean that it's the end of the world exactly it does and that's the knee-jerk reaction of a lot of different preachers they're like because you're going to preach what sells oh this is the end of the world you know every but get this in revelation chapter 9 it says then from the smoke came locusts on the earth and they were given power like the scorpions of the earth they were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any green tree so these locusts right now that are eating the foliage of the land in east africa and the middle east are not the locusts of the book of revelation because they are they're harming the foliage the locusts in the book of revelation will not harm the foliage hmm. they're going to harm man now get this this is whack okay this this really it says but only harm those people who do not have the seal of god on their foreheads they were allowed to torment them for five months but not to kill them and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone and in those days people will seek death and not find it you know what i always pictured and i think that's where it gives a description of how they had like the teeth of lions and the face it always looked like an attack helicopter yes chemical warfare yes. yeah I, you, you saw that tv show too right no i just when i read it in college i was like man that sounds like an apache it you looks know, exactly like chemical an apache. warfare and it's got the face of a man it's got the teeth like of a lion over the i was like that's a painted up apache or, or a cobra uh yeah, or super cobra, cobra. Yeah, yeah super cobra super that's cobra. what i probably yeah. was in the 90s dan and i both went to military school and i've spent many years in public service around that stuff and yeah you're absolutely right i saw a tv show when i was like 15 years old it was the prophecies of revelation or something like that for some reason it was on tv i don't know where i saw it just for a moment it's significant to me that there's the parallel between the normal expected focus of torment for a locust swarm which they would hit foliage and then in that particular case in the book of the revelation it's talking about it's not going to go to any of that, but it's going to actually go to man, which very often Christ would use the fields, the harvest as the, that's the world, that's the people, that's us. And it's making that shift. It's very interesting. So there probably is those those parallels that I'm sure you've got worked up on your beautiful pages there yes and if you want a copy a handwritten copy of today's notes (laughs) just shoot us an email i'll give you the email later but what i found most fascinating about this verse dan we talk about god doing what he wants to do because he's sovereign and he can it says in those days people will seek death and not find it to me that says death will be suspended Hmm. people are going to try to kill themselves to escape the torment i've got ideas about this do you go ahead well some of those verses and if you get the backdrop where they start talking about to take the mark and take the number of the beast and i think when i've researched this the most reasonable that sounds weird because this is beyond regular exegesis we know Mm -hmm. something's going to happen in a sense imagine that taking vaccines okay? okay And I'm not, look, I'm not big on half of the stuff that they've even told us over the last month. 
don't use masks. They don't work. They're lying to you. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. South Korea made everybody put on masks. And so far, they've done the best. They've done very well. And now yes. in Mexico, right when this is taking off in Mexico, now they're telling everybody masks don't work. They're just trying to stop hoarding. They're lying to you. So imagine that vaccines take a step up. And now imagine that they map out the human genome to a point that they believe and they figured out using technology, in quotes, that they can supplement the human genome with a genetic vaccine to make it so that they believe that if we all come together in the world and everybody gets this vaccine, it's going to make you impervious to disease, probably make you live for eight, 900 years like Adam and Methuselah. Oh, so and trying guys. to escape the resurrection. They're, exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. To cheat death. To cheat death. And what, what the, I think they're going to do is make it so that, oh, well, if you don't get the vaccine, I think the number of the beast or the mark of the beast is that mark, is that insignia, but I think it's a genetic, an epigenetic supplementation. So when you take that, then suddenly you're not a, no longer a burden on the health care system. You're no longer, you're impervious to cancer for most people. But this is my own personal take on it. I believe that if you look at the, it talks about a third of the, the people, I believe, that are tormented yeah. and that have all yeah. these problems. Yeah. I think those are most likely negative RH factor blood type that reject everything. Okay. It's like my mom. She's negative blood. She can't get a a transfusion. She's like, she can donate to anybody. She can't take anybody's. Okay. Other than, I don't think she, for some specific reason, she can't take absolutely anybody's. But most negative RH factor, you they don't take any sort of transfusion very, very well. I think most likely... It's an epigenetic violation with some sort of Nephilim deposit of something that's going to give us like increased IQ, increased longevity, imperviousness to disease. And you, if you don't get it, oh, you're just a feeder. You're, you're a slave. You're less than you're not even the same species anymore. Come on, vaccinate for the good of all. Right. So they will put you out of commerce. Um, because if you don't do this, this is my own take on it. And this is where I'm not breaking scripture down. I'm not preaching. I'm just, I'm having fun with this because, but I think that that's part of it. I think that the mark of the beast is going to give you the insignia that, yeah, they're now part Nephilim or now part, does that make sense? And it affects your DNA and it affects your soul. Yeah. Because in a sense, even without some sort of re-reproduction, you were having soulish contamination. You know, it's almost like Nephilim. I don't think Nephilim can't repent and go to heaven according no, to anything that I they, would think they, they, or derive. Not that I know of. But so you take the the mark of the beast. I think it's, oh, welcome to the new economy. Welcome to utopia. Welcome to this. You're going to live forever or you may live for eight, nine hundred years with the hope that we're going to build Babel up to reach the heavens. They're, they're going to they're going to try to integrate man, machine, DNA, all these different things. And um, I believe that most likely negative uh, RH factors are going to reject it really bad. And it's going to be a third of the people are going to be tormented or die or like the boils on the skin. Yeah. I think that an allergic reaction. What, what do you call it? Like when somebody gets an organ transplant and they don't take it well, it rejects. It rejects. It rejects. Yeah, yeah. Rejects. It totally rejects. It. I don't know. That's my fanciful sort of deal, but it's like, yeah, you don't know. I would insane. say, based upon what you're saying and what I've researched and what I've heard from other credible sources, that we are getting one step closer 
to this. We're not there yet with this. Right. Okay. We're getting one step closer. The stage is being set. Things are being accelerated right now. We're, and the elites are obsessed with it. They are because they want nothing to do with the new life and resurrection through Christ. Right. They're going through the temptation that Satan's giving them. Hey, all of these kingdoms, which are mine right now, I'm going to give them to you. And he has. But that's only temporary. Remember, he did that to Jesus in yeah, the wilderness. But it's a Faustian deal that's. He shoots you right in the rear end and cackles while you're dying. I mean, it's not. It's not. He'll promise it's all not you're going to live forever. You're not going to live forever. No. You'll probably go through withdrawals and rejection and sit there out there. I don't know. And you talk about when if this is an injection or something that affects the DNA, that it'll give you wisdom. It'll make you smarter. It'll increase your IQ. Mm -hmm. I have to say that when I was born again, and as I pursue scripture, being regenerated, being born again, God has made me smarter. I can believe that. Well, think about it. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. wisdom. And what I do is most of the time that I have big decisions to make, I'm like, God, help me see. Give me your wisdom on this. And God makes you smarter. How is it that the unlearned fishermen on the day of Pentecost could go out and preach the gospel. Right. The way that they did so eloquently. Right. Well, think about it. How many people that are of really high IQ that are completely lost in darkness? It's the same thing as if somebody is just incredibly wealthy, but their life is in shambles. Their kids are committing suicide. They have no happiness. They're alone and bitter and angry and envious, but they got what, what most would consider, hey man, you got, you got the whole world on a string. Yeah. And they don't. It, it's the same way. Knowledge versus wisdom. And when you do get born again, it's. I think it makes you truly more creative. Yes. It, it in the comfort of the Holy Ghost to be able to see and understand, and and you're walking around in thankfulness for the birds and the trees and the blades of grass and for food. And you you look when you're in lust or bitter, angry pursuit of of just something meaningless that doesn't pass the sobriety test of life like uh, just everything i need more i need more and you, you, somebody's worth 40 million dollars they need more and more and they neglect their family neglect and they, they're not enjoying the journey they're not um being fulfilled they're grasping at vapors and coming up empty and are tragically just um it, it's weird, but they think that it's the same thing. I don't. It's not. Yeah, it's not at not all. Not even close. It's, well, to get back, you were talking about the locusts. There's some other things that are going on. There are, but I want to get to something. Okay, go ahead. With the locusts, where God, I believe, is taking us with this. He's taking us somewhere. A lot of people that I'm in the locust mobile. We are in the locust mobile. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people that I talked to, including my son yesterday have said this and i've seen this emerging in the arts a certain theme and i want to go to joel chapter 2 at verse 25 and read this this is what the prophet joel what god spoke through the prophet joel and i will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm my great army, which I sent among you, a whole army of the creeping things, basically. We talk about them a lot. Then it says, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. 
it continues. This is where it gets really exciting. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, an assurance of salvation, and that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that he restores these things after the locusts, the, the army of creeping things, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And I love this verse. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So what I see right now, we've talked about this in earlier podcasts that, and we're watching this in our own lives. God is satisfying us. And I'm not just talking about the abundance of his presence, but not any, any of my own smarts or my own doings. God is prospering me in a way that I've never prospered before while other people are struggling. And I'm not saying that out of arrogance, but God is taking care of me and my family. Me too. And it's weird. And it's weird. And it's the same thing with your mom. It's the same thing with people in my family. There's been blessing in the midst of all of this chaos. And I'm seeing what's being prophesied here in Joel come to pass. Hmm. And what's happening is a refinement. Jesus is making his bride prettier. He's giving us some fine jewels. He's giving us a new wedding gown. He's giving us all these things to refine us and to make us more beautiful. What's happening is the, the real bride of Christ is rising. I saw this morning, Kenneth Copeland had something on, okay? I don't want to get into detail about it, but he's there yelling, screaming, and snorting all these incantations in front of empty chairs. I'm surprised the earth didn't open up. <laughs> God's merciful. Yeah, he is. May God save his soul. Yeah. You know, may God save his soul. That's good. But churches are shut down, but God's people are digging into the word. And when I was talking to my son yesterday, um, man, he's had some wonderful revelation. And what, what a young man of God. Yeah, I love he's like, dad, I see a harvest coming. And when it says that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, that's not just people of the church. That's all flesh. Yeah, it, Everybody. Yeah. Everybody is going to get a taste of God's spirit. It's going to be poured out on them. Old man, that's us, dude. We're going to have dreams. And I've been having some really awesome dreams lately. And I pray and can't wait to see the fruition of them. I don't them. want to be an old man. <laughs> I know. We're the <laughs> old guys nice. now. Well, I've heard some of this preached so many times. And one thing that I want to say is it's cool that this stuff is God's doing. It's got nothing to do the with the Holy us. Ghost. The Spirit of God does his job perfectly. You don't have to whip this up like a wizard. You don't have to go in with some sort of spiritual consternation, make something happen. 
You don't have to sit there, whether or not you respond to it or not. When God starts showing signs and fire and blood and pillars of smoke and and pouring his spirit out on all flesh, that that's just like getting rained on. That's that's his sovereign move. Yes. And what I've found exhausting about these hearing this preached weirdly, mm-hmm. I guess, has been that somebody was always making it so conditional. Yes. making it so dependent upon my performance, which they usually tag to my obedience to the local group think or right. something. Right. You know, it's amazing. Think about this, Glenn, even in with this verse. Think about the fact that one thing that cults and even bad churches, let's say Copeland's, whatever, um, they have to keep people under that stuff constantly or you lose your grip. You get it. Yeah, okay. I totally get it. Look, listen, you want to see a cult dry up and fall apart? Make it so they can't meet. Mm-hmm. If we, we had to have a fever higher than what to miss a service? 99.7 degrees. Yes. Okay. And, and That was the rule. Then we had a rule and we couldn't we couldn't miss it. I knew that a couple of times I had missed and I was like, oh, I'm just, I don't know why I feel so restful. I feel more than just laying out of church and getting extra sleep. Okay. It was beyond that. You (laughs) felt like a little bit free in your mind. Like, oh, wow. I haven't hung out with myself for a while because we were so under the go. Who Who am am I? I? When people all over the country right now, imagine all the the cults, the big ones, the, uh, the watchtower, the whatever, all these different ones, all the weird churches, all the erroneous churches, all this stuff. And people are in a room kind of scared of COVID, and then they're reading the Bible for themselves. It's actually kind of interesting that that can lead into a harvest. A lot of these people in horrible apostate assemblies and cultic churches are now not allowed to go to that. Yes. That's they, they, were go, they keep them busy. They go once, two, three, four times, four services a week, hours and hours. They're checked up on. If somebody doesn't go, they immediately get visited or get phone calls. You know how it is. We had to send an email every day explaining what we did and what we were thinking. And boy, I wish I really wrote what I was thinking. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you are out in space. You send, a, you send in a photo of just one single particular digit. That's I would go back and do that in a heartbeat. But then I got to. Yeah, I probably still yeah. would. And when I heard this preached erroneously in the past and when I was working on the book that I wrote couple years ago god showed me that what i was understanding was wrong when he says i'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh it was always like well he's going to pour out his spirit on the church exactly no it's all flesh that's where god and this is where it gets good where we talked about in the last podcast about the 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 way becoming a little bit it's always the same way it's always through the cross through the blood new life new birth through jesus all right but the road becomes a little bit wider because what it says here, and it shall come to pass that whosoever, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, even if it's just, oh God, please save me, because he wants that harvest to be reaped, hmm. that soul is going to be regenerated. And it says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And when you see the word Lord there, it's very specific. It's Jehovah. It's not Krishna. It's not Buddha, it's not Allah, but it's Jehovah. So if you honestly cry out, oh God, save me, while that's 
His spirit draws. It's a work of his spirit. Let's break that down a little technically when it's talking about his spirit shall fall on all flesh. Yes. Okay, so technically we know that there's only two groups. There's the regenerate and there is the unregenerate. Right. So let's break it down for a second and look that when the spirit of God falls upon his people, that would draw them into sweeter obedience. It would draw yes. them into sweeter fellowship with one another and also with the Lord. It would draw them into more fruitfulness, more trust, more just boldness, beauty. Boldness. That beautification. Yes, the beautification Even though when you bride. were talking about the bride in the wedding dress, I'm looking at your beard and I'm like, ew. Yeah, I, you know, it's been great. I've been able to go, go all Captain Caveman up here. Uh, yeah, you know, I was like, I was like, I, I was picturing you on a wedding dress. I was like, stop it, brain, stop it. But now think about, so at the same time, God begins to pour upon these two different groups. Now let's look at the unbelievers, the unregenerate. The Spirit of God begins to move on them. That means an increased conviction of sin. Yes. That means an increased sobriety and looking in a general belief, a a um, kind of what do we noble agnosticism yes. of going like whoa the, things are shaking people begin looking and people are like when people are fat and happy and it, money's just coming in and you spend all your time just picking out your next next toy or saving up for your Tesla whatever you're doing but then all of a sudden stuff starts shaking yes you know yes yes then those people are looking and they're like whoa I, I neo Darwinism was my excuse for my hedonism. And now neo-Darwinism and the nihilism, I'm not comfortable with that. Look at the blade of grass. Look at the baby bird. Look at all these different things. Surely that this was designed by someone. Now, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, like David said. So yeah. there's something going on. So increased conviction of sin. In- Irresistible grace. Yeah. Irres- now, they'll still have the opportunity to deny it because God is never going to override our free will. He will never do that. He gave us the freedom. That's 10 more podcasts, that is, probably. But it will be to the point where people will be faced with that decision. The people who have had their head in the sand, the, it'll come out, and some of, a good many of them will be saved. God's, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Okay. The more I understand, the less I understand. Uh, it's it's mind-boggling. Well, you think about it. If, if you're like, if I take a torch and I'm like, give me your hand, you want to go and burn like that? And then you try to convince somebody into the kingdom. That doesn't work. That's not real. But yet at the same time, in God's sovereignty, if someone is called and predestined to be able to understand that, I know you're going to be flipping, flipping out if you're an Armenian, not a Calvinist. I, and I think Glenn, we lean towards the Calvinistic side. The election is a mystery. It doesn't, yeah. one way or another, it's like, I'm like, no, I wouldn't have even been able to think about these concepts if he hadn't have prepared me and revealed himself to you. Yes. And, you know, Lazarus doesn't go like, you know what? It's not too comfy in this tomb. I'm going to wake myself up in some sort of extraordinary move of redemptive consciousness and walk myself out of the tomb. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Based upon this, what's it, this was just unfolding to me last week as I was preparing for this stuff. podcast. And God was just reassuring me the whole time. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I've never seen it this way before. I want to speak of a word of encouragement to our brothers and sisters in the Lord who are going through all of this right now. Now is not the time to be stockpiling ammunition. Now is not the time to be worried about the economic collapse of the stock market. God's got you. If you're his, he's got you. Now's the time. This is not where... When this is all said and done, you're going to be a great example because of all the things that God has blessed you with. 
God wants you to go out into the harvest field. He wants you to reach out to souls because he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. This is what's going to happen. And the opportunity for harvest for those souls. Mm. And that's what we've been called to do. We haven't been called to be the scaredy cat that is running to the bunkers right now. We have not been called to do that. We are being called and raised up to go out and to reap the harvest. You know what I think has probably occurred with a lot of other people and not just you and I, but I think, let me know if you agree, that you and I basically were kind of like, whoa, life is giving us a butt kicking for at least a few years decades. leading up to this. Decades. Okay. So when this happened, all of a sudden this, these extraordinary cir- circumstances begin prospering us with the weirdest of timing, complete sense of makes incongruity, no sense. makes no sense in the human, but we're quite used to the cold water. We've already been swimming in it. And there's a lot of people that were like, man, life was just a bed of roses. And now it just all stopped. They were trusting in something, and now it stopped. You and I were getting our faces rubbed in it. It was like there were times I was like getting frustrated with God, getting angry and being like, God, what else do I need to do? I don't believe in the whole prosperity thing, but I'm like, God, bless the work of my hands. I'm hitting this, and I hit a brick wall, hit a brick wall in my marriage, hit a brick wall in business, hit a brick wall just in my understanding or lack of understanding in doctrine, and then I get confused. I'm like, what's, what's it all for? What am I doing? I'd get frustrated. And then now the incongruity of seeing blessing released at a time that completely doesn't make sense to me, seeing it not just in my life, but in yours. And like I could name off 10 other people or groups or Mm -hmm. families that were under it. And now they're in a sense of uh, divine protection. And it's like, I don't want to miss, miss it. You know, I, I do. Um, I mean, even what we're doing right now, I hope that across the world, these are uncertain times, but God's got you. And we're not saying, Hey, don't, you know, do the right thing. Wash your hands, yeah. you know, do what you got to yeah. do, but don't panic. Don't freak out. Don't be like, how are we going to eat? How are we get God's going to help you? He's going to do this. One of the most amazing things of what I I've got out of what you were teaching mm-hmm. when you were talking about the locust in Africa, juxtapositioned with the financial locus of what COVID-19 is doing to especially the Western world to our economic price. So it's like, it's a, it's a level playing field. If the wealth in these poorer countries or in Africa or in different places is based off their belly, being able to be full every day, God's like, he it's everything's getting eaten up. Yeah. It's weird. You're right. And I saw last night, um, it just, blew my mind madonna on instagram this week in her bathtub crying this is the great equalizer we're all going to be the same now there's a shaking and things are things are changing times are changing this what we're experiencing right now is judgment things are being made right those who were sitting in the lofty places are not going to be sitting in the lofty places very much longer God's changing things for his glory. It's not because Glenn did all these right things and deserves this. I don't deserve squat. That's grace. That's when you get what you don't deserve. Hmm. I don't deserve any of this. You know what I wonder, and I don't know how to measure it in the present time, is do you remember around 9-11, Bibles started selling out? They did. More than toilet paper. I mean, people were reaching for Bibles, right? I wonder, there's no doubt in my mind that there is... It's almost like God is 
some of the worst places that people could be to be united with God is in the church house. Not all the time, not every church, right? But some people needed to be displaced right. so that could actually hear from God. So the wizard up front is not clouding their mind. You know, not yeah. everybody, we're not anti-church. You know, hear me, we, we believe in local assemblies and, and doing that. But I think it's amazing to me. I, I wonder whether like the traffic for Blue Letter Bible or because now it's so online and the 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 Christian bookstore that that's kind of gone. I, it's interesting you say that because Stacy from Revelation Resistance texted me last week and he's like, dude, my podcast listens have doubled. Oh, okay. Our stats have gone up hmm. in very strange ways. People are searching right now. They're they're looking and they're listening. And 9-11, I think that was one of the minor birth pangs. I mean, that was a big deal. But when you look at 9-11 in the United States, that was pretty much localized. Yeah, it was local. It was local. Psychological. Psychological. All right. And it wore off pretty quick. All right. Everybody was pretty much back to normal. You know, never forget. Everybody's forgotten. And it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, it happened and it was terrible. And it affected the military. You know, that's who it affected the most, the people that were deployed overseas to deal with that. This is a worldwide issue that we're dealing with right now. It's not local. Yeah. And God's doing it with different things. He's doing it with the stock market over here and with the economy here and with the locusts over in Africa, East Africa and the Middle East. And you said something um, just a few seconds ago that there's other things going on, that there's a shaking going on. And I want to talk about something that we've kind of touched upon a little bit, but now it's time to talk about it because pastors are not going to talk about this. It's going to freak out their congregations. It's been put up as one of those things. Well, if you talk about this, you're getting in the occult. We need to talk about it because it's happening. Dan, I sent you a video from a very credible source. It was a live video from Singapore just a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. And it was a video of a UFO. Mm -hmm. It was a Facebook live video of a UFO. It was probably some of the most real footage that I've ever seen in my life. And I'm going to admit here on the podcast that throughout my life, I have seen several. They, and what do you, you think it's Nephilim? You think it's our government? You think it's the elites? You think, where are you at? Um, the watchers, the Anunnaki, the, um, both Houston Oilers, both, both. I think there's the ones that we've made and there are ones that are from another dimension. I don't know all of the details behind it and I don't intend to pretend that I do. Mm -hmm. All right. But you said shaking. What do you think is going to shake the false faith of most people? A false revelation of a alien false revelation of an alien or the revelation that there is something else other than us how do you process that so when i saw that video i was like whoa that's pretty real and it was from a credible source i'm not going to reveal that source but very credible um you and i have both met this person wonderful person to hang out with great vocalist i gotta say too but I was like, let me go to scripture to see what scripture says. What does the Bible say about this? Because often I've heard preachers say, well, if you start talking about UFOs, you're getting extra biblical and there ain't nothing in the Bible about that, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm not going to go to Ezekiel with the wheel in the wheel because I'm not so sure about that. But I do want to go to the book of Luke. And when his disciples asked Jesus, hey, what are going to be the signs of the end times? This is what Jesus said. 
He said, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilences. There we go with pestilences again. Okay. They're, they're a tool of God. Hand in hand with famines. And fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. Fearful sights from heaven. Hmm. So the Greek for fearful sights is the word phobotron. Frightening things. We are going to see frightening things in the heavens. Things that we can't explain. And that's why I'm not going to sit here and try to explain. Is it Anunnaki? Is it the Watchers? Is it the government? I don't know. But they're fearful fearful sights. And it's interesting that he uses the word signs. Reminds me of a great movie yeah. back in the 90s. I love, I love that movie. So if you think about it, why would we start seeing an abundance of these things? Because you go back to September when you go to CNN. Not the most credible news source, no. but they did have something on CNN where they were showing the footage from the Navy fighter planes of the Tic Tac UFO mm -hmm. that the fighter pilots did see. And the Navy admitted, yeah, we do have footage of unidentified flying objects. We have that. Well, the Office of Naval Intelligence, what they said about that is this. Just bear with me as I go through my handwritten notes. Office of Naval Intelligence said... Sharing information about this, about these UFOs, would cause exceptionally grave damage to the national security of the United States. I don't think we're talking about secret weapons. I think we're talking about absolute panic. Because we've been conditioned in our Western church culture to, well, if we can't explain it, we're not going to talk about it. So these things start becoming more prevalent. Uh, pe more people to see them. They're wondering what's going on. It's part of the shaking. God is shaking people's faith. So the pastor that does not want to explain this, the pastor that does not want to talk about it, they're not giving the whole counsel of God where Jesus said, you're going to see fearful things in the heavens. Where they come from, good question, not sure. But I do know this. God is omnipotent. He created an entire vast universe. Even in looking at the way that we used to look at the book of Joel with, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We were like, hey, that's for us, us believers. We're very self-centered and very self-focused. And us as a human race, hey, we're the center of the universe. Hey, that's selfishness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm the center of the universe. There's nothing out there but me. It's all about me. I really believe that God's got this vast creation that we don't even know everything about. And I can back that up because you take a look at the ocean. How many creatures are we discovering deep down below that we've never seen before? Mm -hmm. And it's not like, oh, well, we're not going to explain that because we, we can't deal with it. And I know personally other people in my family who have seen unidentified flying objects as well. And their reaction to that is, I didn't see that, or that didn't happen. And they were standing right there with me and we took pictures of what we were looking at. So if it doesn't fit in the theological box that we've been confined to, they don't accept it. But when you have these things happening, it starts to shake your faith. And God's doing that. All of this is a shaking to get you to go to scripture. Like I did the other day, I was like, okay, God, what in the world is going on there? Because I sent the video to you 
you posted it on your Facebook page. You're like, well, there's a lot going on. I'm like, what is going on? And it didn't take me, God didn't lead me to the traditional verses. He took me to the book of Luke, hmm. where it talks about these frightening things that are. Well, you think about frightening. If there's something in the heavens that is frightening, mm-hmm. um, let's say you could have an uh, extra star. Well, that's not necessarily frightening, but no. another life form or something levitating or something that you're like, is that friend or foe? That's very frightening. It's very frightening. And I find it very ironic, but I'm not surprised. I showed you before we started the CIA's Twitter page on April 1st. Mm-hmm. They were posting, hey, find out about our investigations on UFOs and they got UFO pictures. All right, we're in the middle of a national pandemic right now. And, and they're talking about UFOs. And you're talking about UFOs. It's interesting. It's very, very well, interesting. Since Trump won, there's been manifold increase in articles reporting ufos there have been, been very a, interesting he's unclassified a lot of the documents and released them for foia freedom of Inf- under the foia freedom of information act that do talk about that hmm. um now these creatures these beings that may or may not exist are they divine no there is only one god there is only one christ they are not our saviors, even though they may be more intelligent than we are. They are not our saviors. Jesus is. All right. And I have to go back to that edition that we did over a year ago with Steve Rotrammel about why is there evil in the world? Mm-hmm. And he talked about how God wanted to show the entire universe how he redeemed his creation. And I kind of looked at you and you looked at me when he said that. And it's like, okay, we're on, he's on to something here. Mm-hmm is that why do you think these things keep coming and watching what we're doing? They want to see what God's doing. Hmm. The same God that created us more than like, well, did create them if they do exist. All right. Hmm. But we're the ones that have been redeemed. Yeah. Okay. Christ didn't come for them if they exist. He came for us and to glorify himself among all of his creation. Now, this might be out there for some people, but you know, you just have to look at it. There is more than just us. There are things that we cannot explain. There are things that have not been revealed to us. And if you go back and you look in history, there have been UFO sightings all throughout history, all throughout time. Uh, there was even a great UFO battle in Germany, according to the historical records, uh, things that people couldn't explain. So what God is doing is he, he's shaking. He's shaking the heavens. He's shaking the earth. He's shaking people's faith. He's shaking people's beliefs. So that when you see all these frightening things that you go to him. And the thing that I really appreciate about Luke, the book of Luke, Luke was a physician. He knew how the human body works. And one of the things that Luke wrote in his account at verse 26 in Luke chapter 11, where we've been out, he said, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after these things which are coming on the earth for by the powers of heaven shall be shaken. People are going to have heart attacks. That's what he's talking about. It's not like just, oh, people are going to get scared in their hearts. He's talking about heart attacks. And my wife indicated to me, she found an article a couple days ago that because of the things that are coming upon the earth, the rate of heart attacks has been increasing. Hmm. Weird. Isn't that crazy? Glenn, let me ask you. Yeah. On a couple pages back, there was the one verse, I think out of Joel, that was talking about pillars of smoke. Yeah. 
And one thing that in my nerdery that I've done a lot of study of over the years, and I'm kind of fascinated with it, is that on the planet Earth, there is one particular location that you could pretty much classify as the mouth of hell. Um, Yellowstone? Yellowstone. <laughs> I knew you were going. Okay? Yeah. And there is a super volcano underneath Yellowstone uh, National Park. It's a beautiful place. I've never been able to go there in person, but I'd love to, or maybe I wouldn't. Um, it has, I read an article over the last week, I believe, and it said there is a, put it this way, according to scientists, and forgive me, young earth creationists, if this doesn't go along with what you believe, but um, I'm not a young earth creationist. Not at all. Um, me neither. For every 600,000 years or so, that blows up. So the biggest volcanic like hole in the world, okay? The, the biggest, there's not even a close second, Glenn, mm -hmm. okay? So imagine that you have New York City and then you have Mayberry, right? Every right. other, the biggest other volcano is like Mayberry. This is New York City. So you have a massive volcano and it's about, I think we're 625,000 years late for the next explosion. And the reason that they know that it is so big is that many states away, I don't have them in front of me, but two, three, four, five, six states away, they have found layers of sediment that are ash or rocks that were made from ash that is six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve 12 feet deep. And for ash to be able to get there, that is ash they know came from Yellowstone area, it would have had to fill the atmosphere. You don't talk about climate change. It, it, it's not a diesel truck that's going to cause it, right? And it's not going to go in the hot direction. <laughs> it's going to go in the cold direction. So, um, And all that stuff is, is in God's hand. But right now, as we speak and we talk about COVID-19, there is a swell in Yellowstone, the size of the city of Chicago, where the ground is beginning to elevate and swell. They have times where all of a sudden they'll have a flood. Uh, one of their lakes will just pour water out. It's because of the bulge of maybe one side of the lake is expanding and moving upwards. And all of a sudden water just rushes out because it has a massive super volcano underneath it that erupts roughly every 6,000 years, 600,000 years geologic time. It's a little and creepy, And this is man. scientific fact. Dan is not just giving you a hypothesis or theory. That's why I knew you were going to talk about Yellowstone because I've heard this and my wife has given me this information. She's a research fiend. And the geologists are very concerned about Yellowstone. It could blow out the entire United States. This is something that, you know, if you saw that pillar of smoke happening, and you were on the East Coast and you said, what's going on? You know, that it, that sort of sign in the heavens would terrify you. Yes. A cloud that blocked out the, the sun for six months. Yes. Or that's it, gross darkness covering the earth. It's, it's so there, there are things in the future. Do I think that this is what's going on now? No, but I think it's the rumblings. It's the birth pangs. It's the things that say, yeah, stuff can change on a fly. You were lulled into sleep of thinking that life is just this and like all the good times and they'll never end. It's just, um, and then all of a sudden you have a shake 
And now you can't even go to the church house. And now you're like sitting at home going, Man, like, I can't even go to sticky fingers. Yeah. You, you know? can't go to a restaurant. No. You can't, or if, you know, I have friends and family members that worked in the restaurant industry. And I told them three weeks ago, I was like, you now have no job. You do understand that it's gone. And they were like, yeah. what? I was like, you're not going back. It's never, you know, I don't know what will happen in the future, but I don't know. And the thing is with the pillars of smoke, I see it as birth pains that have increased and it's going to, the pillars of smoke are going to become more intense because what a lot of people have erroneously done is they've applied it to one situation and they think, okay, well, this is the situation. And then you get another pillar of smoke. Let me give you an example. In our lifetime, the first pillars of smoke that we ever saw in the heavens was the Challenger explosion in 1984, 85, oh, yeah. was it? Yeah. Pillars 85. of smoke in the heaven. And that shook us to the it core. Did. I mean. We were watching it live. Yeah. We we're like, what just happened? Yeah. Uh, that I I was in eighth grade algebra class when that happened. Yeah. And for us as eighth graders, it shook us. We were talking about that for days, the news. It was scary. And it a school teacher on board. A school teacher on board. And then on 9-11-2001, we had pillars of smoke in New York City. Interesting. All right. And now imagine that all of a sudden... Because it's one thing. Mount St. Helen blew its top. That was a big deal. Yeah, that deal. was a big deal. That was Remember a big deal. Ash my, went yes. everywhere. But that is literally nothing. I mean, nothing. Not That is not even a firecracker compared to what Yellowstone would be. So Yellowstone could have a pillar of smoke that threatened the whole entire planet. Yes. That would send us into a 300-year winter that blocks out the sun, that throws the world into an ice age or whatever. And in whatever timing... God's going to use all this scary stuff. He's going to let it go as far as he has deemed it to go. It'll happen in his timing. And we reiterate, we're not trying to terrify you. This is all in God's hands. I don't believe we're at that point. No, we're getting closer. Could, could the Lord come back this afternoon? Yeah, he could. I don't. He does what he wants to do. But we're not saying, oh, yeah, here it is in this thing. No. Yeah, you know, no. just. Um, and that's because the word of God is living. It's applicable on many different levels at many different times. That's the, some of the mystery behind the Word of God. It's a living, breathing book. Yeah. I mean, I hate to even call it a book. Yeah, book is it's so is, finite. Is, is so finite with it. And something that you just brought up a second ago, yeah, we're not saying that, hey, it's the end of the world. Uh, Jesus is coming tomorrow or going to return tomorrow. Um this has happened many times in the past and it happened in the early church as well where there were christians who believed that because of all of the turmoil going on that it was the end and that jesus had either come already and they got left behind i am more and more having a greater distaste for that book series that came out in the 90s it messed up people's eschatology my eschatology which is the study of the end times has totally changed i i studied a whole class in this in seminary and it was very laid out this is what's going to happen and then this is going to happen next and this is going to happen next and i'm not so sure about that anymore yeah i am really not uh i am not the end times guy that's the expert nobody can be an expert on the end times god keeps that it as gets a mystery. me dizzy it the, does you have one guy that's like well i know because the, i've got the special knowledge and it's like it's an ego fest they're trying the to sell books and, and it's get like likes dude, on you we don't know stuff's gonna get scary and men's hearts will fail them for fear 
people that are are that God's moving on, people will turn to Christ, people will turn away from Christ. There'll be a setting right of hearts, a setting right of the creation. That's what we know about right. it. And these birth pangs will come and come. And sometimes maybe we're getting some Braxton Hicks. You know, maybe it's the 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 false birth pangs. Maybe it's a, oh, no, not quite ready to run to the hospital yet. You know, right. uh, we don't know what's going on, but we do know that, wow, God provides yeah. for his people. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you intuition. And when you think for me, I was like, man, why is it seems like, you know, I claim to believe in God. I pray all the time. And it seems like every direction I turn, I'm hitting a brick wall for like years. And nothing that I do is prospering and nothing that I'm working. But yet the, the people that are like all in it for the money, it's like God just pouring riches on them. And I feel like a nerd over here trying to figure it out. And then I look at it and go, then sovereignly, when the world just turns upside down, like virtually overnight, then I'm looking at at protection and this and that in my mindset. I feel rebuked. Uh, I feel like, oh, yeah, I was I should have kept more of a ministry focus of thinking that, yeah, this is going to be for those other people. You're swimming in cold water because God didn't want you in shock when the life raft turns over into to freezing cold waters and everybody's freaking out. You're conditioned. And I know a lot of you around the world, you've been wondering, man, you could never get anything. You were unemployed. You had this. Your marriage was on the rocks. You didn't get that prosperity. You didn't get that stuff. Some of that was God's loving preparation, his training, his chastisement to get you into a place of preparation where you could be of some use. And it goes to show that we are not omniscient because when we were going through that stuff, if we had known what was coming, we would have been arrogant. Oh yeah, I'm a a blockhead. It would have been ridiculous, but we are not omniscient. And I heard a gentleman on the news say this the other day is that we are not omniscient. God is omniscient. And faith is in the hope of the things that we do not see. It was a reminder of that. It's like, well, that's really profound. Thank you for reminding me of that, is that it's the things that we that we don't see. And in encouraging our listeners again, I do not believe that the point that we're at right now is the end. It's a shaking. It's difficult. But it's a beautification of the bride of Christ. And you go back and you take a look at Second Thessalonians, the whole epistle that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians was to reassure them, hey, you got all this stuff going on right now. And this is why my eschatology has changed in a lot of ways. He wrote uh, in verses one through two, now we beseech you, brethren, and this is what Dan and I are doing today. We beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So don't be freaked out about that. There's a lot going on. It's freaky. It's scary. I get it. COVID is, it's scary. It's a scary thing. We were talking about it just last night that, the ability not to breathe is a scary thing. I grew up with asthma and was in the oxygen tents and that was horrible. And being a kid, not being able to breathe, that is scary and that is real. But what Paul is saying is that the the time of Christ is not going to come at hand and there's some prerequisites for that. The first is the falling away. And we've talked about that, the apostasy. We've been going through the apostasy. But the other thing that has to happen before Christ returns is the revealing of the Antichrist. 
Well, the Antichrist has not been revealed yet. Has not happened yet. Now, my this is how my ask, and this is just Glenn. This is how my eschatology has changed. Used to believe, and what I was taught in seminary is that, well, before the Antichrist is revealed, we're out of here. We got our ticket out. Rapture. Well, um, the term rapture is never used in scripture. It's, it's not in the Bible. It's extra biblical. It's a synopsis of what people believe is going to happen, that catching up in the air with the Lord. When is that going to happen? Really, to tell you the truth now, Dan, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I just don't know. And I want to keep our uh, listeners at that. But I do know this, is that we are not going to be raptured, downtrodden. We are not going to be raptured, defeated. He's going to come for him for his bride when his bride is perfect. Huh. Because that rapture, that time that we're caught up with the Lord, and that we meet him face to face, and then he comes to get us. When the bridegroom comes for his bride, our hair is going to be in place. Our teeth are going to be brushed. Maybe my beard will be shaved at that oh. time. <laughs> <laughs> you were on such a roll. But... Open my mouth. Yeah, man. that is what's going to happen. There's that beautification, and there point. and there and there's a harvest. It's not going to be for us gloom and doom. I've never thought about it that way. That's a really good point. That it is. There is a the symbolism, the typology there has got a romantic um, underpinnings to to the rapture of the church is uh, my bride. The bridegroom comes. You know, and my comes bride forward. is ready. Yeah, that's interesting. My bride is ready, and he's making us hes making us ready. And he even talks about that in the book. Just excuse me with the notes here. There's so much that I wrote down the other day. Haggai chapter 2 at verse 6. For this, sha- for this saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations. Wow, what's going on right now, everybody? Uh, nations are being shaken. And the desire of nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Then it says, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. So basically the shaking, when he shook Israel, at this time that Haggai prophesied this, it's also applicable today. Today, um, The church has not replaced Israel. Yeah, I want people to get that straight. Israel has not been replaced. This is just how God works and how he deals with those that are his people. This shaking is so that the glory of the latter can be more glorious than the former. Hmm. It's a beautification process. So with that being said, Paul also said, hey, you know, we might be downtrodden, and I'm paraphrasing this, it's probably really bad. We might be downtrodden. Life is rough. We're going to be perplexed. It's okay to be perplexed. It's all right. And there's a lot of perplexity right now. And I think you and I are just kind of working through some of that perplexity in our own minds through all of this, through, oh, yeah. through discussing this. We don't know it all. We, we don't know when that final hour is. We don't know that at all. We don't know all that God's working. We, <laughs> we were perplexed even before this, this even started in our own lives with our own frustrations. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be perplexed. But to be fearful and dismayed, that's not where God wants us. And God, we've talked about this before, is working out that fear. And anything that you're being afraid of, dread that you dread, is not of God. 
So stop listening to the doom and gloom because, uh, yeah, I know it gets your, uh, releases the chemicals, the cortisol and the dopamine, and you're getting a trip over it. And we're not all going to get herded up into FEMA camps. It's not going to happen. Um, That's not the way the church is going to go out. We are going to go gloriously to meet our bridegroom. And that's what he's preparing us for. So that's why there's locusts. That's why the bail, I mean, the bull market is no longer the bull market. That's why we're seeing frightening things in the sky. I mean, that video was terrifying. When you look at it, you're like, what in the world? It just, humanly, it does not make make any sense at all. And that was a live video. That was not somebody out there with a pie tin, you know, with a fog it's, machine. It's so weird. I mean, I, I saw that one, but I also know that one thing that is terrifying is lack of truth because now we're overwhelmed with information but we look around and it's like we're in the we're in the technology now of deep fakes yeah think about it so if you see something is seeing believing right you you could make a deep fake and have um uh donald trump stealing someone's motorcycle he stole my motorcycle but it's fake right but it looks really real well, we're technologically in that realm right now. Somebody could make a video that looks exactly like you robbing a jewelry store, but you never did it. So it's like, is that sign? Is that a sign in the heaven? Is it a hologram? Is it a projection? Is it a fake recording? What is it? So it's like, there. but even with that confusion, that does bring that, if somebody didn't know Christ, it brings dismay. You don't have anything to leave. I don't know what truth and is. And it shakes your faith. And you must have that outpouring of the spirit to comfort you with revelation of what is actually true because you don't know seeing is no longer believing it's not like you're on a farm 200 years ago well that goes to i've been watching the daily coronavirus briefs from the white house and i hear what the president says and i hear what dr fauci and deborah bricks say all right then i'll flip it over to another news channel for the synopsis and it's not anything that they said during the briefing nothing so you have to go to the source to find out you can't depend upon what people are telling you you have to and this is where god wants us and maybe why the deep fakes are rampant god is driving everybody to go seek the source Mm, that's good go seek the source that's what's happening people that are not in church right now that are not listening to the grand wizard up front in in many instances uh or depending upon what their pastor says they're having to go to the scripture. That's what I had to do. When I saw that video, I was like, where in the Bible would this UFO sighting in Singapore, what does it say about that? And I was like, I don't want to go to the traditional, well, the wheel and the wheel and the barrel and the ruby and the emerald. And the yeah, I think that's something different. I want to see what Jesus said. How does this tie in? And he says, yeah, you're going to see frightening things in the sky. Hmm. You're going to see frightening things from the heaven. And as you said, yeah, meteors are scary. Stars are scary. A star that goes astray, yeah, that's scary. But there's nothing more frightening than seeing something you can't explain. I want to say something. Um, Some of you, we've mentioned being in cults. And some of you might want to do a little test. You may say, like, no, I'm not in a cult. And I would say to do this. Imagine right now when you're not meeting, okay, some of you have had a break. Your mind the the brainwashing okay um think about this imagine that all of a sudden you made a decision with your family and you decided that you wanted to move to another city in another state and use your mind 
to pick out which church you wanted to go to based off your personal Bible study. And it was not going to be the same denomination or the same whatever that you're currently in, but you were just like, nope, I need to move, need to leave, I need a new start, and I'm going to go and get involved in another church. Here's the test. Ask yourself, would that decision make you be shunned? If you say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to move to Arkansas and I'm going to pray when I get there about what type of church I'm going to go to based off my personal Bible study. Um, And if you would be afraid of being shunned, cut out of lives, um, not spoken to, um, persecuted in the sense of, oh no, you know, my, they're not going to, um, somebody's going to take my kids away. My spouse is going to leave me. If, if you have an immediate fear of, oh no, I can't do that. Um, you're most likely in a cultic situation and you need to, maybe this time could be a time of deliverance and rebirth for you. Um, shunning like that is taking out of context. Many times scripture verses that talk about fellowship and so forth shunning is manipulative Mm -hmm. and when somebody wants you in their false doctrine or in their church that caters to the the some power trip of of a leader um if you're like no i'm i'm not going today and immediately you get persecuted or looked at or oh where were you on sunday where were you and immediately people start um you know how it feels, Glenn. We know this. And it's oh, very, yeah. it can seem very subtle. And most of you, if you're really in a cult, you're going to be in big denial. You're like, no, no, I don't go to a cult. I don't go. It's not a cult. It's not a cult. But when you're sitting at home and now you haven't been able to go four or five times a week and a little bit of that stuff is wearing off of your mind, ask yourself, could I go visit uh, that Baptist church over there. Could I go to the Presbyterian church over there? And I'm not saying there's bad churches in almost every denomination. And then there's just full-fledged cults, mm-hmm. right? But if you're like, oh, no, well, I'm I'm Mormon. Well, what if you wanted to go to a Baptist church? Are people going to shun you? Yeah. If a Baptist wants to go over to a Methodist church, I don't think anybody's going to go, oh, you're because most Baptist churches are not cults. Some of them can get weird like yeah. ours did. But I just, that was on my heart. So if you're a listener and you go to a particular brand of church, and I'm not talking about going somewhere where they don't believe and preach the blood, right? Then really believe that it's by grace through faith alone, through the precious blood of the lamb that we're saved, right? But if you're like, you have a few weeks off and you're not, you're not under the wizard spell and you, you feel like you're getting a little curious about like, huh, this or that, ask yourself, if you made that change, what would happen to you? Because I, man, I made those Jehovah's Witnesses mad when I said, look, if you didn't do all these little works that you're doing, if you didn't stay input and do your little group think duty and go to the kingdom hall as required and do all these things, they would shun you. You have to do it or you yeah. lose your lifestyle, your social network. You lose your entire support structure. You do. And when we were in the cult, that was one of the things that always came to my mind is like, I got to get out of here. I got to leave. But if I leave, how am I going to survive? And then when they do that, they cut you off. Yep. They cut us off. We went from, you know, honored members to, uh, you know, just um, reprobates, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then it's not the people that you've known for years. Some people I knew for like 20 years, they wouldn't even speak to me. Wouldn't even make eye contact with me. Some of them still me. won't speak to us. Yeah, that's true. Some of them still won't. 
And here's what I see happening. And I'm not saying that this is a prophetic word. I think this is just an observation of connecting the dots of what I'm seeing going on. Yesterday, Deb and I, we were out shopping and there's a lot of businesses that are closed down. And she's like, wow, it's so sad to see these businesses closed down. I mean, I'm talking major um, retail chains. And I said, you know, some of these will not ever reopen again. And it's going to be the same with a lot of churches. And do not lament, do not lament the churches that do not reopen. Because Paul's teacher in the book of Acts said, his name was Gamaliel, he said, if it's of God, it will remain. Hmm. If it's of man, it will fall. So the kingdoms of men are going to crumble. The church, there are some churches that will not reopen. Just because it's a church and it's got a cross on the front of it does not mean that it's a good place or that it is necessarily of God. There are a lot of people that have built their kingdoms sticking God's name on it. But the churches that are truly of God are going to flourish. They will reopen and they are going to come back stronger. Dan and I are not sitting here bashing church. Church is something ordered of God. It's ordained of God. It's his bride. He loves his church. And we're not bashing it, but I'm just saying that that which is the true bride of Christ is going to be made manifest and all the other noise is going to go away. Hmm. Well, a lot of the, think about it, the early church, you know, Paul and they're, they're all huddled in like a home and it's probably how Christians in China are doing it. Right. And they've got all these things going on. Um, Right now, the church, these massive franchises, these big structures, these, all of this, it's like big business. Yeah, it and is. it's like they've got rents and this, and we got to get and this they do much the marketing surveys, marketing and psychology, and it's like, and the Lord's like, yeah, not so much. Shut up, you know, and stops it all. You know, yeah. God with a wave of His hand allows a pestilence. Yeah, I don't know. Well, these know, are interesting times. They are interesting times. And the exciting. world is whack. So the world um, is whack. In between uh, the pestilence that flies by night, pillars of smoke, strange signs in the heavens. UFOs, whatever they are, and um, I don't know. It's uh, so we gave you something to think about. Glenn probably knocked half of your theology out from under you, which that's good sometimes. <laughs> and I did that because my theology has been knocked out. But I do want to reiterate this: all of the changes in theology that I've had, I still stand on this. The only reason why I am saved, or that any person is saved, is because Jesus. God himself was sacrificed on the cross of Calvary and then three days later rose again. Yes, he did. That's it. That's the gospel that's message. It. That's it that's... right there. Everything else, you know, I, I hate, I, I don't want to drag this on too much longer, but I no, think this is fine. important. It's yummy stuff. A lot of people, a lot of people scream heresy, heresy. I remember years ago when I was writing a journal called the voice of the new reformation mm-hmm. and I was taking it to small Christian bookstores in the Charleston area. And I walked into one bookstore and it looked pretty cool. I was like, Hey, would you sell my book, my journal? And I'm like, sure. And I went back a couple weeks later and they're like, we're not going to sell this. I was like, why not? Well, you have heresy in your journal. You believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I'm like, what's that got to do really with the price of tea in China who believes when the rapture is? That is not heresy. Yeah, that's not okay, heresy. That, that's a 
You could be, we're gonna be item. wrong about most of that yeah, stuff. Okay, we're, yeah, totally, totally. Heresy is denying that Jesus is God. Heresy is, den- is saying that there's other ways to heaven rather than the cross. Heresy is saying that the blood of Christ is not sufficient to forgive sins. Right. Everything else is... It's not misinterpreting a dark saying. No. <laughs> and they're dark for a reason. Yeah. What, what you said about the, the, the sacrifice of Christ and his resurrection, that's it. That's it. Everything else, if you get it wrong, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be okay. Yeah. It's, it's, you're, you're not a heretic. Yeah. You're not a you're heretic. You're going to get there and be checking out like a seraphim with all these like wings and eyeballs. Talk about frightening things in the heavens. Yeah, no kidding. You know, when you take a look at the account in the book of Luke of the Christmas story and the angels showed up and they're like, hey, shepherds, fear not. Yeah. Okay. They were not chubby little cherubs or the beautiful, you know, if I was a shepherd, I wish it was a beautiful brunette woman with a harp or something <laughs> like that you know um the floor floor showing up you know in the heavens <laughs> with wings singing ah, you know uh these were frightening creatures and most of them do not look like human beings when you read the scripture they got many faces and they they some of them look like animals i mean when you read the book of revelations like these are terrifying looking creatures because they're not yeah. you know what was it that the shepherds saw in the, in the heavens yeah what was it you yeah. know and i'm curious and telling everybody hey hey don't die don't don't die of a heart attack, yeah. you know, when you see them. Yeah, don't. No, don't. That's good stuff. And we're going to do an edition on angels really soon. I um, want to do one, too, on uh, giants. Yes. Yes. I'm, I've been preparing. Man, those giants, what a great team they are. And <laughs> Not those giants. <laughs> no, Thanks good. so much for hanging with us and enduring us. And we hope that we've been able to give you some encouragement in the midst of everything that's going on and some truth to hang on to if you got any questions or want to weigh in please shoot us an email lithoscry l-i-t-h-o-s-c-r-y at gmail.com check us out check out our website at lithoscry.com we're here to love to talk to you and if you want to chime in and even get on the podcast and talk about some of these things the mic is open i wonder if you can eat locusts yes john the baptist did i thought that was a plant like a fruit i think it's a fruit I will have to go Stay back. Stay tuned. It was Stay a fruit. Tuned. I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> Lithoscry.com. <laughs>